Uh, hi friends, welcome to an impromptu Sunday afternoon, July 3rd edition of Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. I am Kirk Henderson and I am tired. I'm tired because as those of you who are listening to the show live and those of you who are in the room know the Dallas Mavericks uh, have missed out on free agent guard Goran Dragic for what was my count the fourth time. Uh, There was the draft day trade in 2019 that fell through due to a variety of reasons. Uh, It was never, you know, Tim Cato reported it and then it just like didn't happen. It seems that that there was like maybe not an agreement at all. So if you don't want to count that one, I get it. Uh, Then the Mavericks were associated with uh, Drogic when he was traded to when this basically part of when his deal became guaranteed in order to get Kyle Lowry, there was like multiple tie-ins. There were the Mavericks had an, an option to go get Drogic and never did. Uh, then it was kind of widely expected that at the buyout he would join the Mavericks. That was something that was reported on fairly consistently by the Dallas media, only for that to not happen after uh, the buyout, mainly due to what was attributed to opportunity, which I felt was a little peculiar because you can never have too many ball handlers, but that seemed to be more on Drogic's end than Luca. And now we have the fourth time where he has not signed with the Mavericks because the Mavericks are, as I understand it, sort of watching the market. Um, and watching the market could be sort of coded terminology for waiting to see how the Kyrie KD thing pans out. But uh, this really feels like the the you know the the meme, the standing in the corner meme where it's like they don't know we're waiting for free agency to pan out, like as nothing actually happens. Um, I will say that there's going to be some notions and things out there where it's like, well, could the Mavericks afford this? Yes, they could. The $2.9 million that he signed is the veteran minimum for somebody with his experience. Do not let anyone tell you that that couldn't happen. I've seen that twice already, and I'm going to scream. Um, Anyhow, so – Come up here. Let's have your frustrations out. I, I don't know if I am – I'm not frustrated with this in a vacuum because, frankly, things happen. I think I am just sort of – you know, the notion that they need more wings at this point could be true, but as by my count, I think they only have two people who I, 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 I count that can dribble, um, Luca and Spencer Dinwiddie. And please, please, please don't tell me you think Tim Hardaway can run an offense, not in this economy. Um, all right. So y'all know the drill. Let's come up here and talk and hang out. Michael, how you doing, Michael? What's up, buddy? Couldn't get you on the other night. I, I'm i at a loss for words. Like, <laughs> even, okay, like, even before uh, we lost Dragic, I was I was thinking, like, okay, um, you know, if I had to grade how this offseason went, okay, yeah, I mean, it started out, started out well, like, um, you know, would trade genuinely great move, you know, move off expiring bench pieces, you know, center offensive, pretty, pretty versatile offensively. Um, you know, Maxi and Powell there, or sorry, Maxi and Powell there, um, you know, they were getting overtaxed, you know, but that, it, I just, I'm just stunned at like how much this has gone off the rails. Like literally like a week and a half ago, I was feeling really good about everything. And I don't think, that I, I literally do not think that anything could have uh, that it could have gone like worse uh, ever since draft night, basically. Like, yep. Yep. Like, and and as a result of of that, I'm seeing a lot. And like, 
I, I think you need to put these these things in two different buckets. The draft night move was really interesting, and it's a good move, and it's a good gamble. But because free agency has gone so poorly, I've seen people start to increase the importance of the draft night move. The draft night move goes from being low risk to high risk if you need Wood to be good. Right now, the Mavericks need Christian Wood to be good. And I've got news for everyone. Christian Wood has never been good in a meaningful context. It's not to say it can't happen, but I don't like that kind of pressure on, on that sort of move. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like we, like I, I've seen so many takes about how um, people are like about how um, like after we lost Brunson, about how they're like, ah, oh, it's you know, it's no worries. Like we, you know, Christian Woody averaged like 17 points a game. He, he was a 20 point per game scorer like Don't two years ago. He can replace Brunson. I'm just saying, like, dude, like you, you can't just subtract like Brunson <laughs> points per game and then add. Tim's points per game and Wood's points per game and think, oh yeah, we're gonna score like this many more points. They're, they're, they're both, they're both play finishers. We have two playmakers now. We have like, we literally have two players on the roster who I can really think, okay, yeah, you know, we, you know, I'm comfortable with them dribbling and passing at the same time. And we don't, like, right now, Jaden Hardy is literally our third our third ball handler right. at this point. Hey guys, like like I see the, the the chat talking about this. I don't like putting that kind of pressure on a rookie. I have seen some bizarre takes from fans where it's just like this is oh this is great. They know what they're doing. And you know, I'm of the opinion that over the longer term the Mavericks have this really remarkable tendency for things to work out for them in the way, you know, like Mike Conley for example, back in 2016, like he, he started aging very quickly. Like, like Dallas seems to come out of these things. Okay. And yeah, you still got Luka Doncic, but after making the Western conference finals, this is just such a crappy way to, to keep things going. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought, okay, the way that they made the Western conference finals, I thought, okay, you know, maybe like, I think I was thinking, um, you know, Nico's like a pretty new GM. Like, all right, let's, you know, we made this big run and let's see like what he's learned from how they made the Western Conference finals, right? He had multiple ball handling playmakers in a five out system. He had three and D wings and bigs, like all playing their roles, right? And they proceed to lose one of the second best player, the second best playmaker and signed like, you know, 34 year old career backup traditional center to like the second biggest deal he's ever had a month after you just played him off the floor and the Suns had to rely on a minimum signing. They signed during the season because he could actually switch and like provide some resistance in that, in, in their schemes. Like, like, they were turning to Biombo ahead of him when the season was on the line, and we literally, like, I think if you, I think, like, like, if you look at free agency, like, there's actually not been that much move player movement. Like, I mean, aside from Brunson, obviously, but, like, there's actually not that much, been that much player movement in terms of how many, like, big dollar contracts for players that are moving teams. Um, like, like JaVale was actually, like, one of the biggest, like, 20, $20 million guaranteed. Actually, one of the biggest, uh, free agents that switch teams, and and like I just I just don't get it. Like like we, we if we look at how we play our defensive scheme, it's like a lot. It's like very aggressive, like blitzing, right. and like 
make like JaVale, like, okay, yeah, he's a good rim, better rim protector than Powell, but he's not going to switch like Powell. He's not going to blitz like Powell. He's, I would argue he's probably a worse fit for our defensive scheme than Powell. And like, okay, are we just going to go back to like a drop scheme now whenever he's in the on the court? No, I just, he's still pretty mobile. I just don't think he, like he's 34. Like, like yeah. you're, you're reliant. Like that's a, I don't know. The the someone in the chat, Robbie Lewis says, do you, do you think this is like the team that we're going to go into the regular season with? And no, I still think that it better not be. <laughs> so like like I I got to get that out of the way, and that I still feel like that there's something afoot, or at least they're trying for something. But it, it's just it, not. I, I just feel terrible about this right now. It 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 better be like you you lose. Okay. I mean, I don't want to rehash the whole Brunson thing, but I guess this is. I mean, I just kind of wanted to hit on what I was going to get at. Uh, the last green room, but just like, like if you look at Brunson, like we, like he, if you look at every, all the other playoff teams, their second options, like Brunson, I mean, it's hard to kind of think of him. Oh yeah. He's not like an all-star, but he was still one of the most productive second options of any other team in the playoffs. Like he was still averaging like around 20 points per game. Like even in the games where Luca was playing, like it's still like a contract where you're paying him like 25 million a year. That's, kind of the going rate for the like the second best player on like a on like a contending team like it just i don't know i i don't, I don't want to rehash that but it's just sure. it, like i mean losing Drogic, i mean yeah i mean he was rough during the regular season he didn't really get that much minutes with the raptors i mean not probably not just because of his play but because he also didn't want to be there but i mean in, even in the playoffs, like you know, incredible uh, today and in the day then yesterday or uh, two days ago when they played Croatia, like I'm yeah. pissed. He looks like a good basketball player because you know he's not an 82 game guy. If the Mavericks were to get him, you would have had him for probably I would have hoped for like 35 games, frankly, and then hoped he would have been healthy for the playoffs. That was like my expectations. Right. Yeah, and then not 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 to mention you know like the, the like the locker room presence where it's like now okay. Like, I get that Theo Pinson is supposed to be, like, this, like, huge, like, locker room whisperer, but, you know, he's still, like, you know, like, a young, like, completely, like, like, not proven, like, like, completely unpre- like, he's not really there for, like, actual on-court reasons, and I, there's only so much I can imagine that someone of that kind of stature would have on the locker room, like, the combination of like Boban, okay, he's like an actual vet. Like maybe he has some cachet. But if this pins in there, like I kind of, you know, I kind of want a Drogic, like not only for the 16 game presence he could have in the playoffs, but also, you know, because for like the mentorship he could provide for Luca. And I was like, I was, I was looking forward to that because it looked like, you know, he was like a good presence like during their run or like during the run that they're having right now. Um, and, you know, maybe to, like, reinforce some of the good habits that looks like Luca might be, you know, trying to get into with his body this summer, and now that's just all out the door, and I just don't really, <laughs> like, I don't think Theo Pinson is going to be able to uh, make up for that. Sure. Well, Michael, I'm sorry we weren't able to get you on the other night. Thank you for uh, for joining today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate you. All right, have a good one. Okay, next we're going to go to the co-host of uh, the Mavs step back, step back podcast, one of the shockingly, though you, you may not know this, hardest working men in writing of sports, Matthew Galatzen. What's going on, buddy? Uh, first time caller, long time <laughs> listener. How's it going, Chris? What's up? Um, no, I mean, I just, uh, 
everybody who knows who I am probably knows how frustrated I am with all You're of this. You're a big Drogic guy. As You've a, been wanting Drogic for like three and a half years. Yeah, and it's it's getting to a point where – I mean, it's not getting to a point. It's gotten to a point where now I'm, I've accepted that it's never going to happen. And like you said a minute ago, it, in a vacuum, it's fine. It's It's not that big of a deal. But from the broader spectrum of things, it just keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. And we're getting to a point where – I mean, like, what are we even doing? The 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 biggest move you've made this offseason is kind of a wash because you also lost Brunson. And then your big move in free agency is signing a kind of a, you know, weird guy. No, it's a, it's a terrible to... signing. I, I am okay. Like, I've sat on this for a couple of days and let it process. When Otto Porter Jr. signs the exact same, like, per year dollar thing up in Toronto is that we just gave JaVale McGee. That is an awful signing. Sorry. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You could have, I think I heard Dalton say earlier, you could have gotten Otto Porter for the taxpayer mid-level exception. So I ask again, like, what are we doing here? What is the point of like, what could they be hiding? Because every time that the Mavs have had some big sort of grand scheme to do something that, you know, they're waiting for, uh, you know, uh, or who, the Danny Green, like a couple, a couple of years ago, and then you know they're they're doing all this other stuff, and they're waiting for things to happen, and they're watching, but nothing ever happens. It never materializes. It's the same thing every single summer. Yep. And it's a new GM, and it's the same old story. Well, and then there's like the additional, and like we're just gonna get this out of the way. I am never going to tell anyone how to run their business. If I ever get the opportunity to have Mark on the show again, I'm going to ask him some pointed questions, I think, about running the business. But one of the things that I don't understand, like, I I like this on, on one degree, but the other part of me is, like, why is it happening? We know Mark is, is currently, he right now, he is out there liking tweets of people who are talking about the Mavericks. He has sent multiple fans DMs and things like this, and it's just, I don't want to tell anybody how to use social media. Like Mark Followell blocked me years ago for an asshole comment. I'm sad. I like Mark Followell, but it's how, you know, it's your own social media. You get to use it how you want, but maybe, maybe as the owner of a basketball team during kind of a tricky free agency period, take Twitter off your phone. So you don't do this. Like I've embarrassed myself so many times over the years and wished I just didn't have my phone. This is one of those times where it's like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And, and I, I, I bring that up just because it's like like that that stuff, at least for those of us who are really in the mix with this basketball stuff, it just makes the other act like the basketball signing stuff feel worse because you're like, wait, you're DMing me while they're signing Goran Dragic. Real neat. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Theo Pinson is, is, is their big signing. JaVale McGee is their big signing. They're trading for a guy who has um, a history of, not character issues, but attitude sure. issues. I mean, those are two totally separate things. And he's an expiring contract, and he's not guaranteed to be back next year. So where are you going with this offseason? You're, you're coming off of a, a Western Conference Finals in which, quite frankly, you got dump-trucked by, by Golden State. I mean, everybody was pretty much getting dump-trucked by Golden State. But you're one or two legitimate role-playing pieces away from contending for a title. You needed a wing, and you needed another uh, – another playmaker. Now you need two probably because Brunson's gone. So what do you do? You're basically doing nothing. Yep. You've I mean, at nothing. this point they need another ball handler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who's, 
it, I mean, <laughs> am I wrong or is Spencer Dinwiddie forced to be a starter now? So yeah. who's running and your, 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 your team off the Somebody bench? And somebody noted this earlier in the chat that you're, you're reliant upon Spencer to be healthy. And Spencer, you know, he's a great video of him doing some work today. If you see him, like, really – so I don't remember who shared It might have been the MFFL account that – I don't know whichever one, but it was a really good one of him like doing some crazy stuff. It's like like you just don't want to rely on like you don't want to have that kind of thing, you know, go go sideways. Like like the Mavericks got really lucky with injury history, and it just it, it concerns me a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, who who's to say we aren't? I mean, I just saw this down in the chat too. We're one Luca injury away from being a lottery <laughs> team, right? Victor Wembanyama, here we come. Yeah, and and listen. Um, at a certain point, and I won't stand up here and rant, you know, all, all day about this because I I really could rant about just Drogic all day long. But at a certain point, this is we're now three or four off seasons into this. At what point are you going to make a move that's going to make Luca happy? That's like, oh, this franchise is going in the right direction because if he goes to this entire contract and they keep doing the same stuff every single summer, yep. he's going to say, all right, well, I've tried this. I love y'all, but I'm out of here because I want to go have a chance to win a title. I, I mean, that's what Josh Bow and I have been on about since 2019. And people have quite reasonably said the Mavericks have time. And the challenge becomes with every year that Luca looks better, the pat and, and it just it makes it more difficult. Like like the road to success is not easy. And there's a lot of assumptions that the Mavericks and I see this all the time from people who are really big, kind of just Oh, I want to call them like super, like optimists. Like, like if you're a fan of sports, you're big, you believe in your team, you believe in the ownership. Like that's, that's good. It's like there are people just like out there that think that this is not something we have to worry about. And it's because we were blessed by Dirk Nowitzki for a real long time. And I don't want to make any assumptions about what Luca does and doesn't want. He doesn't spend his off season in Dallas. He does not like, like Dirk moved here. Dirk became part of the fabric of this town. And I don't expect that of Luca. And so it just it starts to get a little funky, and and sorry guys if you hear bugs I'm outside with my dogs. Um, it just starts to get a little funky where where you start to wonder how much time do they actually have? He's on the first year of a five year extension, but it's really a four year extension because the fifth year is a player option. And you know depending on how this Kevin Durant thing goes, like if Kevin Durant gets to go where he wants to go, which seems to be Phoenix, that's just sort of pretty telling about the power of superstars and this sort of thing. And I don't really want to test those waters with Luka Doncic. So how about we just make the team better? It's a really straightforward thing to me. You know, maybe it's not easy to do, but it's a simple solution. Well, I mean, a great example of this is Jimmy Butler wanted to go play in Miami. Even though they were capped into oblivion, they found a way to make it happen. So if a guy decides that he wants to go somewhere, it doesn't really matter where he goes. He's eventually going to end up there unless there's some sort of hiccup. And I, I would bet money that Kevin Durant's going to end up at Phoenix. And in three years, when this is all starting to come to a head and the Mavericks' big signing next offseason is like, you know, player X who's been in the league for 15 years and is, you know, on a minimum contract, like JaVale McGee, I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to go back to where we were at the very end of the Dirk era where we're struggling to stay above 500 with a bunch of role players and Luke is going to request a trade and we're going to get a bunch of draft picks, except, oh, the Mavs are never going to draft well because they don't value it. So 
It's just, it's all, uh, this is all a big overreaction to them not signing like a 39 year old or, or whoever old truck is. But at the same time, it's not an overreaction because this is a typical, you know, standard operating procedure of the Mavericks every single offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you for hanging out with us. What are you going to do Absolutely. the rest of the day? Uh, me, I'm going to do a bunch of grilling for the 4th of July, even though it's the 3rd of July. Outstanding. Well, yeah, and so for everybody in the background, I'm outside and there are lots of cicadas. And then what I learned this year, along with cicadas, are these things called cicada killers, which look like terrifying murder hornets, like the big Asian ones you see on the Internet that, that have invaded the United States. But oh, yeah. they, they don't attack people. But one ran into me and the noise I made, not manly. Um, <laughs> Matt, thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk soon. All right, later. Okay, coming up next then is my guy Sam. How you doing, Sam? Hey, what's up? Can you, can you sound good? All right, good. Because I'm kind of I'm over here at my mom's and I'm in the kind of in the country right now, so I don't know if my internet's great. But uh, if you can, it's good. Um, it's funny because I didn't even know this happened until I saw your notification pop up. So <laughs> I saw that I said unfucking believable and it's funny like what matt said it's like it's overreaction but it's not an overreaction because i said it on friday man same shit different day with the mavericks it's just what are they doing like the problem i'm starting to have is with everything that happens the more reactive instead of proactive it's like like he said they're always waiting for oh we gotta wait for Kawhi Leonard to sign and then we can make our moves now it's like oh we gotta wait for Kyrie to get traded or KD to get traded, then we could try to make a trade or make a move. Like, go make a fucking move. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, quit, go make your team better. Quit trying to wait for things to happen in order for you to do what you got to do. Like, go do it. I don't care. You can figure it out. Miami figured it out with Jimmy Butler. You know, PJ Tucker went to, to the, to the Sixers. I know it's just a different example, but, you know, James Harden declined his option so he can get PJ Tucker. Like go go make moves. We're just sitting there waiting, and it's just frustrating because we well, see. Well, well, so so let me so I crushed this team. Now let me play devil's advocate for just a minute. Part of why this is all so awful is because they really didn't have any flexibility. They they it was Brunson and then hope for something with the with the taxpayer mid level. And so when you don't get Brunson, everything else becomes magnified. And unfortunately for us. We never considered that Brunson wasn't staying ever until last week. And so it's just like a lot of this is processing elements of the fact that they're having to do a bit of a reset to where, like, you know, everyone's out there. You know, Dalton told me the other day, he's like, I don't want to hear any talk of tanking. I'm like, I don't think they're going to tank. I just don't know how good they're going to be. Like, you assume kind of a team with Luka has a 500-level floor. I think that's the case, but if you're the Dallas Mavericks, are you playing for the play-in after going to the Western Conference Finals? That's where all this starts to really, really get frustrating. And, you know, I wrote just a piece right now that maybe they're waiting for the pieces to fall with this KD trade or, you know, KD, Kyrie, whatever. But the reality is there's just not a ton they could do. They're, they're going to maybe rearrange some pieces. But if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, like, I can't send out another first-round pick. Like, cannot happen. It has to be – you just saw what Rudy Gobert went for. The guy that we didn't want went for five picks. So if I'm the Mavericks, it, it, at a certain point you have to realize that this is like a, a uh, asset building situation where they might have to just sort of take this on the chin and all of us are going to be pissed about it. But I, I, 
you know, I, I don't really see what they could do just to sort of defend them for a moment. See, and, and that's one of the problems I had as well is because just of all the moves they made over the past four or five years, like like with the KP thing, you didn't have to give them a five-year contract. If, if anything, you have some type of protection on it, so then it's easier to move, so you don't have to pick up a Davis Bertans. 100%. You, you 100%. You could just pick up Spencer Dinwiddie, and then you're like, okay, you figure it out. Or even even with the Rick Carlisle thing, you know, I get it. Y'all have mutual respect, whatever. That's cool. That was bad. But he wants to go to, he wants to, go to Indiana? Get a draft pick. I don't care if it's a second round pick. Get get some picks. Get something, anything. But you just do it because oh, we're, we're nice. You know, we're the, we're the friendly franchise. We just do whatever we want. And it's like, bro, you don't get assets. You got to draft guys to pe- that people yep. want, even though they may suck. People, hell, two years ago, Toronto wanted Taylor Horton Tucker for Kyle Lowry, and the Lakers said yep. no. Yep. Just imagine if if they traded. I mean, who knows what would have happened. So little things like that, you never know. And the Mavericks don't do that. They don't do the due diligence, what they always say they do it, and I'm frustrated. I I understand. The frustration is why I wanted to start this in no small part because, like, when I sit there and look at Twitter, I get mad. You know, I watched an interaction last night between Josh Bowe and um, Jake uh, from The Ticket that it infuriated me as I watched it happen because Jake basically called Josh fatalistic and Josh is pretty, I don't know. He's more of a hater than me when he wants to be, but he's been pretty low key. And it's just the, the thought that I had was if this was a conversation being had at a sports bar, the tone is different, but everything I read on Twitter, I just get mad. And so it's like talking now I feel, I feel a little better already. I feel a little better because I just, I don't know. I don't like, I, I'm not one to make excuses for the Mavericks, but I don't like that they let this happen, but I, 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 the basketball sense of me understands why they did it. I just, I, I just want Drogic. Yeah, and, and 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 it's just the thing is, it's just been frustrating and it's just kind of annoying and it's just kind of like, what are you gonna do at the end of the day? It's just kind of, you figure it out type of stuff, and it's just kind of like, I don't know. I'm. I don't know what to talk about no more. So, you know, you, you just want it to happen. At this point, I'm just waiting for for summer league. Yeah. And just kind of see what happens. But, you know, besides that. You get unreasonably excited about future Hall of Famer Jaden Hardy. Is that right. – that's that's the gist. And, 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 that's, and that's it. And then, you know, just see what happens in the rest of the offseason. But, like, I, I still feel like they got one more move that is going to happen. I do, too. And I, I, hope, I hope it's a move because at this point – Remember last year we came in the season talking about they're not going to go into the season with six bigs and then and they, then they did six bigs. So <laughs> if, if they go into the if they go into the season with Theo Pence and JaVale McGee and Jaden Hardy, bro, I think I'm going to have a mental breakdown. So oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'll let other people get out. I, I, I'm just annoyed at this point. So that's that's it. It's your thing, man. Talk soon. All right. Wow. Okay. A lot of you want to talk. I uh, was not expecting this for a Sunday afternoon. So, all right. Um, let's try to keep it somewhat brief because I don't like it when I can't get to everyone. Um, some of that's on me though, because I never shut up. Brian, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Yeah. You know, I'm not outside anymore. I came inside. So. I could tell. I I was expecting. Uh, you were outside in Henderson Manor, like in oh, your lush. luxurious backyard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, eventually you're going to get that Mass Moneyball-themed uh, uh, pool in your backyard, and then when the Mavericks actually win a title again, you're going to just have everybody over for a barbecue. Uh, but, uh, okay, I'll try to be quick, though. So 
I want to channel my inner Windhurst for a second, and I want to ask a question without you answering it, but it might, uh, it might like, uh, it might be beneficial for everybody. Okay, so, hypo- let's say the Mavericks don't have any other moves to make, right? Right. So Dra- Dragic has been actively involved with Luca the last couple weeks, so we're very privy to that. So obviously, there's been conversation, there's been talk, there's been changes the last couple, you know, like last off season. Uh, you know, this is the fourth time Dragic is not a Maverick, which sucks, but there, I'm starting to look at something here, Kirk. So there was a new coaching, there was a new coach, there's a new GM, mm-hmm. but there seems to be a, a common denominator. Sure, this, sure, uh, let's work. Yeah. 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 And why, why is that? Let's say hypothetically, you know, if Dragic would have signed for them, like a, let, let's say an MLE somewhere for like 20, $30 million. It's like, okay, that's out of the mass pocket. But you're telling me hypothetically, the Mavericks could have offered the same exact amount of money, same amount. And he could have played with his buddy that he's been playing with the last couple of weeks. And he chose to go to Chicago, which I'm just like, what is that really telling you? Because uh, hypothetically, you look at both. You, would you rather play with Luca or would you rather play with Demar Derozan? I mean, I'm, I'm just that's the way I'm presenting it. Like, I don't know what his reasons are. His reasons are his reason, but I'm just kind of looking at it just from, like, I I don't really know what to say anymore. These people saying, oh, because like. I feel like, again, I want to commend you and Josh for being realistic since 2019 about, like, their this entire franchise's approach on this offseason because once Luka really started hitting this ridiculous level, everybody was like, oh, well, you know, free agents are going to come. Everyone wants to play with Luka. Uh, does anybody want to come play with Luka right now? Now, a lot of that's out of his control, but I, I'm just saying there has to be a common denominator at this point. Rick is gone. Donnie is gone. Who's left? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean that that that's all I'm saying because I'm trying to figure out why he would have picked Dallas over Chicago. Chicago's well, a very Chicago's a very interesting team. Like I I loved like and it's funny because all the Chicago players that were signed last offseason, it's like, well, damn, I wish uh, they would have listened to you, Kirk, and they signed uh, Alex Caruso, but they didn't. Well. I mean, that sort of stuff's different. I think I have to give both Mark and the front office some grace for last off season because, you know, it see if it, this either goes one of two ways, like the Mavericks had already come to an agreement with Reggie Bullock before free agency started. And that's either before or after um, Nico started. I don't really care. It worked out. So like last off season is, is sort of a, it ends, you know, they, they made the Western Conference Finals. And so you, you just, I don't know. I've seen, like, preliminary, like, Scott, CBA Mavs, has done kind of the preliminary math on how much the the, the tax payment is going to be. And it's going to be a lot for this team. And yeah. it's not my money. But I do think, like, like we're kind of approaching elements of this where it's, you know, did the math. When does the luxury tax start to become a, a factor with this team and team building? Because it's it, it becomes a problem quickly. I I, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Because again, like look at the two like the two final teams in the finals. I'm pretty sure they were both two top ten. Uh, I think Golden State was obviously one, and Boston was up there. I don't know if they were five. They they were up there. So I, again, it's hard for me to say 
Mark, like pay the extra $10 million. Like who cares? Like, but at some point, like if my thing is, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll say this and I'll jump off. Cause I know other folks need to go. Like if the strategy was okay, so we can't go over the tax. That's fine. But let's utilize our assets where we can benefit from going the other way. That's like the thing that's really pissed me off the last few years. There's no method at all. Like if you had a plan, like I know, I know this is Nico's like kind of first official full offseason where he's like been there from jump, which like I, I'm like not as frustrated with him. But what is the plan? What is your method? Because, you know, when you're baking something, you have to follow a recipe. I think they're just throwing shit in a bowl and think it's going to taste good because they have Luca. That's not always the case. Sure. Sure. Well, thanks for stopping by today, buddy. Yeah. Take care. Mm-hmm. All right. It's funny. Fourth of July in 2016, I spent my entire day being so mad. The Mavericks signed Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's still, I might've deleted them all, but it's, it's out there somewhere. Um, Matthew, welcome, Matthew. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me on. How you doing? Doing good. So I had a couple of points. I mean, is there any chance that like Dragic secretly doesn't want to play with Luca, and they're just like they're friends, but there's some because the cost really to like angering Luca or pushing him away. Like, Luke has always said, I don't want to be GM. I'm going to stand away. It's up to the front office to do these things. But, like, clearly it seems like he signaled that he wants to play with him. So, like, given that he was available for a veteran minimum, to not sign him just seems unnecessarily antagonistic. Yeah. And then in terms of the fact that we're paying the tax, like, yeah, it's not our money. But, Mark, I mean, you're going to pay the tax for how many years? So you don't want to pay the tax for a mediocre team because that's just yeah. money down the hole, and you're only going to pay the tax so many years in a row. And there's the repeater tax and all that other stuff. Yeah. But it just gets me back to, like, signing Porzingis a year early, unnecessarily, um, and then taking back these contracts and then signing Hardaway last year, which, you know, wasn't a great contract, and then him getting injured, and we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. It's just we have so many large contracts. The fact that this team is over the tax, given the talent that we have, is truly befuddling. Yeah. And yeah. not all that's on Nico. I mean, he just came, but like it's just a precipitous point of like additional, just bad choices having collateral damage. And the fact we don't have picks, we, it's just yeah, the team building, and and it does fall on Mark's shoulders because he's involved in that, and he is the consistent yep. presence. And so. I, I'm just I'm upset for several reasons. It seems unnecessarily antagonistic to Luca. It seems like it, to your point, blow it up or not blow it up. Like if we were to blow it up, we wouldn't get net assets back because we would have to like our ass our quote unquote assets are going to cost picks to get off of some of the contracts. So yeah. like the only assets that we would like if we were really truly to blow it up would be Finney Smith. And then he was the only one that would like attract a lot of value or a decent amount of value back. Otherwise, blowing up means just getting off bad contracts that we have currently. Yeah, I mean, not to bit pull back too much, but for me, the the time to move on from Donnie Nelson was the moment he left the draft room during 2020. That's um, a ridiculous story. Yeah, and it's under it's under talked about, but. I, I point to that as I hold so much of where the Mavericks are to Donnie 
because he, you know, number one, he's gone, you know, but he buys his Cuban, he and Cuban come to decisions together, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so, it's so difficult because a lot of where they are now is just based off of the missteps from 2019 and 2020. And I don't know how to get out from under it because even at the time I thought I understood it, but when you trade a draft pick to move from, from, you know, five to three to effectively get Luca for the Hawks, and then you send two picks out to go get Porzingis, the Mavericks have just been so hamstrung for such a long time. And I see a lot of the chat wanting to talk. Ah, I want to go get Colin Sexton. Okay. Uh, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. If you send picks in any trade now, I want everyone to understand that that is the final trade the Dallas Mavericks are making in a big way during Luka Doncic's first contract because they're still out for this 2023 pick. Yep. So they'd send a 2025 and a 2027. That means they would only have a 2029 pick in their arsenal. And if you – like, it, you're just basically leveraging yourself. And Luca's last contract is 25-26, I want to say, is is the player opt-out maybe. I, I could get in this wrong. But it's like you're essentially building for like three and a half years from today. Like that's when if, – if Luca's unhappy three and a half years from, from now, then we're in trouble. Um, so you only have a limited amount of time to make. And a move for Colin Sexton doesn't move the needle for me. It doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not saying it's bad. I'm saying it doesn't move the needle. Like you're giving up a lot and getting back what? Yeah. And one other thing that I was contemplating in, in the wake of the Rudy Gobert trade, and, and and this is just, you know, masochistic thoughts. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but, like, we couldn't get a first back in the Porzingis trade, given we're taking two two horrible contracts back. Yeah. Like, to, to, to take, to have the Bertons contract in and of itself, rather than get out of that with and, and getting a quote-unquote better player, you know, better higher ceiling than of the three players uh-huh. is ridiculous like I I, I I don't know like after the gobert gobert trades like okay well durant's not gonna get traded because there's no there's not enough picks in the world if, if gobert is getting five <laughs> but like and maybe and maybe that that it was a depressed market but like you start going back even some of those moves and it worked out we got to western conference finals didn't was a plus, at a plus but now we're looking at the assets that we have and there's just we're i, I we're asset wise, we're in no better shape. I know the idea was to break up Porzingis into two smaller but also equally bad contracts. I don't know. We can still move Bortons without giving up an asset along with it. Right, right. And, and like, that's, I think, why, like, you know, if you go read Mark Cuban's likes right now, he's like searching his name. And I, this is where it just, I am frustrated about moves over time that led to them to this point. Yeah. I am not frustrated necessarily with right now. I am also additionally frustrated with the constant narrative pushers from people who actually have like relationships with the team that want to keep those relationships where we talk about, oh, this is fine. You know, oh, I, you know, I, I just don't get that upset about Brunson, which is what I, I just saw Skin's producer tweet something to that effect. And I'm just like, why? Like, there's no reason to – all you have to say, like Corey said this, somebody said this in the chat, maybe this is the year the Mavericks take their medicine and just get through it and figure – like that is fine. But we don't always have to paint the picture of this is this is for the best. No, it might – it sucks is what it does. And it's a tough medicine it's, when you were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Right. Like, this is actually <laughs> tough medicine. Right, right. That's all. And that's actually the, the – and, and it's just such a – maybe it's a distinction without difference because so many fans aren't in this the way we are where we're, like, you know, thinking about it on a Sunday afternoon. 
Um, but for me, it's just like I, I want to hear that, you know what? This isn't what I expected. This isn't the way we were we were hoping it would go. But we still have faith in our long-term process, and we believe everything is going to be okay. Do you think it's the Dallasness of it? Like, is it just like the old boys club? Like, we don't talk about these things? Because I don't feel like there's many, many franchises where you're like not allowed to voice frustrations. And like, and I haven't lived in Dallas since I was a kid, so I, I'm separated from this. But like, it yeah. seems unique. That, I don't like, know if it's unique. I just think that like the Mavericks are such a small part of the sports media market, and Cuban yeah. and Jerry, Cuban and Jerry Jones have been, you know, Jerry Jones obviously forever. Cuban going back twenty years. There's people that have, you know, that have real relationships, and I have obviously spoken with Mark. I don't know Cuban from anyone. Sure. I don't know, like, and I honestly don't really want to because for me, I think once you form these relationships, oh, it's problematic. It it yeah. starts to cloud your judgment where you're like, yeah. oh, well, I can see things from their point of view. And I'm like, I can see things from the Mavs point of view. I understand how they got here pretty solidly. Like, I'm honestly, like with the Brunson thing, I'm to the point of I really think Brunson had made up his mind back in April from everything I put together. Yeah. Yeah. But it still makes me mad that they didn't offer him as much money as they could to see if maybe that would have changed his mind. Or or sign him earlier, right? Like or right. sign him or, earlier. or traded him if you thought he was going to leave. For sure, leaving. Yeah. Like it, it's it's so it's so uncomfortable and 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 so it's just like to to voice those sort of thoughts. Sometimes you really get put through the ringer of I don't know, and it's just like man, none of us have any say in this. I just want to be mad. <laughs> that's the point of sports, right? It's an emotional outlet for us. I don't like it's not time to, for your friendships and your relationships. Like I'm glad you have those, but like we're not here. For Mark Cuban's feelings, like he's not paying me, like I don't get any benefit. The only benefit he provides me is that he's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and part of that is being the punching bag when he does something stupid or the team does something stupid. For sure, man. It's just that's why we talk, though, because I like I'm not even looking at my Twitter right now because it just like something about that versus this makes me so much angrier versus this. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go have a margarita when I'm done talking to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man, and happy Fourth. You too. All right, coming up next then, um, I keep saying we're going to keep it quick, and then I just don't. Jacob, what's up, man? Congrats on getting a liked Mark Cuban tweet. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was uh, funny when it popped up. I was like, because this is what I wanted to t- kind of talk about. I didn't mention it the other day. Uh, like, why Like, he, – he may or may not have a script that sends tweets to him with his name on it, but – I mean, why why is that important to him? Why 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 does he care? He owns a team. He's owned it for 22 years. Surely he knows that fans want to win. So I mean, th- watching uh, the Bulls on Dragic. I mean, as far as I know, this was a pretty simple move that should have happened. I mean, we should want. It's a superstar league, and I've uh, would like to keep Luca happy. Okay, because I don't think he's cut from the same loyalty cloth that Dirk is. So I I think there was a, such a simple move. That didn't happen, and now he's on Twitter liking tweets. I mean, grow up, man. Come on, like he's he's like he, he's basically it's almost to the point where he's like Jerry Jones that made his money in the dot com boom. Like he just has to win his way, and like he's just he comes he's coming off as so insecure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've I. I always have interesting interactions. Um, I don't think he would care that I shared this, but like the, after he and I had did that podcast, he sent me a message the next day where he basically was like, I just think you're all talking bluster. And I'm just like, 
I didn't feel like being an asshole to a billionaire on the first day I met you. <laughs> you know, it seemed a little like, like I'm pretty fine. You know, I, maybe I should send him a, a, a DM with this invite. Let him come hang out with us for a while. Um, it, it's difficult because like he said something to me that, that has resonated. And I still think about where he's like, if you were in charge of the team, would you do the same thing I'm doing? I'm like, yeah, I probably would. And so it, it's like, it's what makes him really relatable and why so many people go absolutely to, to bat for him. Like the, the people where I'm just, it's like, why are you a fan of the owner? And it's like, okay, but you know, he changed the culture of the team and that matters to a whole lot of people because the Mavs are bad in the nineties. But I also just, at some point I, I would like for him to sort of take a step back and say, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to not, a team can make mistakes. That's the other thing. Like there's no, what I very much get frustrated with is just like a lack of, you know, we messed this up. Like Mark Stein said that on a Kevin uh, O'Connor show the other day where he's like, the Mavs messed this up. Like I don't remember in 10 years, anybody Dallas media really saying the Mavs messed a thing up. Do you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm kind of at the point where like, why can't he just be a fan and cut the checks? You don't have to win your way. I mean, let the front yeah. office do their job, man. Well, he's got to sign the checks. And I mean, that's where the, the, I hate talking luxury tax and math, but it's like, you know, I, the initial payment for the luxury tax next year is like $35 million. And, you know, I, again, understanding it's not my money. I'm just like, okay, well, you know, what if you're like coming up with 35 million in liquid cash? Shit. I can't imagine even as a billionaire. Yeah. And uh, he, like he 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 I wish he would understand that he doesn't know everything about everything too. Like if, yeah. if you if you thought that Brunson was gonna leave, man, like sure like if freaking Brian Windhorst can basically read the tea leaves and predict that the Jazz are gonna trade Rudy Gobert, there's just no way that you didn't think that there was a that in all likelihood that Brunson was not gonna leave for the Knicks. And why ship him out, man. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It, he's just so arrogant sometimes. <laughs> like I used to like him, but now that I kind of like, it's, it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm spoiled because since I've been alive, the Mavs are, have been the best team in DFW sports, but I don't know. It's just like, I'm kind of where, where Sam's at right now. Just, just make a fucking move, man. Come on. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure we've gotten worse this off season. And that's just like, I, we're cash strapped. I get all that, but like, I don't know. It's just frustrating. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob. Talk soon. All right. Thanks. Okay. Let's go to Krishna. What's up, man? Give Krishna a second to find the mute button. Might be in the chat. Might be in another app. Sometimes, guys, when you switch out of apps, it gets all goofy with the audio. Krishna will bring you up. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm okay. What's going on? Um... Not much, not much. It's July 4th. I'm not really doing anything, but I, I don't know how to feel anymore because, like, obviously there was all the rumors about the, you know, the roster spot, but maybe I was wrong. Don't you have 20 roster spots in the off season? That was how Frank ended up on the team. He was brought in last off season as a – and play, your audio is really scratchy. Oh, is it? Okay, give me yeah. a second. It's okay. Just mute. Um in the short, like they they brought in Cam, uh, Frank for a. Uh, Is that better? Mm, it's basically when you're moving the phone around or something. That's all. Okay. Um, 
They brought in Frank for a camp invite, and then he was on the team, and I don't remember who they ended up cutting. So it's like, like you can do stuff like this. It's, and they'll probably bring in 20 guys. They'll probably bring in a couple of guys from summer league and things like that. So yeah, that's the confusing part. It's like, okay, yeah, you want a roster spot open, but you're gonna have 20. Like you'll you'll cut someone. So like, I just don't know why you wouldn't make the move now instead of you know letting other people do stuff like. I get it. Like everyone is waiting for the KD shoe to drop, but like you still have to do other things. Like you can't just yep. actively sit there. But I, I do agree kind of with the consensus, like this idea that so many mistakes have just been made uh, year in and year out that it, it seems like this is the year where the Mavericks just swallow the pill. And like, I know everyone like wants like all these big moves, like they want to go after Sexton, but I do, I do kind of agree with you. Like, I, I just don't want the Mavericks to ship out picks at this point because if you're shipping out picks, then you just, you're really resigning yourself to the fact that you're stuck with this team and you're just trying to get off bad contracts. And that's, and, and I don't think that's a good move. Like, honestly, like I, I, I feel that you swallow the year like if you can't move off Bertons, um, or like Tim, if you if you're willing to move off Tim, like just swallow that, swallow that contract for a year. I think both will have like two years left. Like it'll be easier to get off of them the next year because it, we always get in the situation where it's like, oh, we should get off of them with three years. Like if you just wait another year, it'll be easier. Powell will expire. Um, I think a few more contracts will expire. So it's like, yeah, the team is clearly more inferior than they were last season. But I, I don't know. I feel like this is definitely just a not even a rebuild, but a almost a like just swallowing the pill. And I, I don't know what to say because I, I feel bad for the fans the, the most, like just all sure. of us, because this like this sucks. <laughs> like you don't want to see a team that just went to the Western Conference Finals do this. But and, and also like I think. Twitter is not the best place to get a reflection of that because you go on Twitter Very true. and you, you see Warriors fans complaining about like, oh, the Warriors aren't um, re-signing Gary Payton and Otto Porter. It's like, well, they're still going to pay like $300 million in the tax. So I, I'm not sure <laughs> if exactly that's the, the if, if that should be a complaint, like this team, the, the, like the complaint that the Warriors don't spend enough, like that would be ridiculous, but I don't think it's the same with the Mavericks. I do agree. Like the Mavericks should should be in tax court. Like I think you sign Brunson, it would be worth it to be in the tax at that point. But I, I think from my perspective, I think the reason they're not as high in the taxes, I, I think this might be true, is Cuban probably thinks like I'm not paying the tax unless I have another star on this team. Like I I realistically think that that's what it is, and and I don't know where you're gonna get another star. This soon, like, yeah. I, I think the Mavericks have to be realistic about free agency and know and use free agency less as a hey we're going to get a big star, and more as we're going to get really solid depth and role players in free agency, and stars we're going to have to either somehow draft or we have to trade for. And I think this is a season where you just take your lumps and you take all these bad contracts and you you just suck it up or like that you're losing a pick and you try to be competitive but you know that. You're not going to be as good as last season, and hopefully you got guys developed. But like, I don't know. It's hard to be completely pessimistic and completely optimistic with this offseason. But I don't know. That's the thing. It's hard to say how I feel because I don't know how I feel. That makes sense. 
It does make sense. And I think that's probably like, I don't know how I feel is a much probably healthier reaction than I am mad. Um, someone who I communicate with online is like, are we really getting this mad about Goran Dragic? It's like, eh, no, but yes. And so it's like saying, I, I, you know, saying it, 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 this just really doesn't feel all that great is, is probably the most reasonable reaction. Yeah. And I, I think it's for me, it's like, if I have these expectations, I think that makes it worse. Like at this point, I'm just kind of like, the only thing I expect from this Mavericks team is that Luka is going to be like MVP level. That's the only thing I expect. Yep. I don't have any expectations for anyone else. Like anything else that happens, I'm fine. It's a surprise. It's a, it's a wonderful surprise with this team. And it's just frustrating, but like, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I did want to say, I was listening back to the podcast. I appreciate your comment about my hair. Very <laughs> hey, it's like two in the morning. We're all excited. It's like, like your audio just wouldn't connect. And I was like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, you know, sometimes it was I, so funny. I was, I was away. It's like, I wasn't even at my phone. So then I went back and I was like, I wonder what Kirk was saying about me. And then I was like, oh, that's very funny. <laughs> all right, man. Well, right, I'll right, next time we do one of these. For sure. For sure. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, then let's go to Tyron. What's happening? Tyron with a very good Luka Doncic uh, Photoshop in his icon. What's up? Hey, man, thank you. Uh, yeah, I just want, I don't know if I'm being overly optimistic or I don't know, maybe I've been in the sun too long, but I'm kind of glad we didn't get Drogic. I'm t- one For one, I'm tired of hearing his name. We've been talking about him for two years now. He's, he doesn't want to come, people. Give it up. <laughs> for whatever reason, he doesn't want to come. Who cares? His best days are behind him. Whatever. Get over it, right? But besides that, uh, Brunson leaving, if he wants to go play with daddy and sign a deal with the devil, that's on him. Again, I don't care. Um, I'm more so excited about what Christian Wood and Luka Doncic are going to look like next year. Like, nobody's been talking about how dangerous that could potentially be. Like, holy fuck. (laughs) I'm, I'm super excited about that. And, um, I know for you know, during the last regime, we would get young guys and we never developed them. I'm super excited to see what happens with uh, Jaden Hardy uh, under Jason Kidd. Because, uh, again, I mean, he, he's, he's still a little rough and raw around the edges, but holy shit, he has, you know, huge upside in the fact that he very well could find his way into the rotation and actually contribute later on in the season with the right kind of guidance. So, you know, do we really want to go and blow up the team that made the Western Conference Finals and start from scratch and sign this guy, give away that trade, and da 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 da? No, because that's what got us to the point that we are right now. I really feel like uh, come what come March, everybody in here is going to be singing a different team, and I really hope that's the case and not just blowing smoke. But uh, yeah, I'm just super optimistic about everything that's happened this summer. If we make another move, cool. If not. Cool. I'm just ready to get the basketball season back started and see how the pieces fall. I think you are an absolute madman. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I there is I will say there is there is nothing wrong with positivity. I also don't think that any of your your takes are incorrect. I just hate putting weight upon a guy in wood who really has a lot of talent, but hasn't ever made it work where it matters. And then Hardy, I really like, I'm going to need to like, I'm really interested to see how he performs in summer league. Cause 
Hardy simply could not finish in the G League. And so if he can finish at Summer League at all, then I think that's going to make me go from being a little bit trepidatious to being slightly positive. Because one thing I do know, I feel very confident about, is like if you just plant that man in the corner, he's going to hit some shots. Um, but it's like the other stuff that I'm really curious about seeing. And somebody in the comments said he's, like, he's going to be forced into the rotation. I mean, I think that's true. Um, because yeah. like the, the Mavericks need like people who can dribble and Josh Green, you know, that man likes to dribble, but everybody knows he's only going to dribble. He's yeah. not going to shoot the ball. So it's, a, but yeah, I, I love, love the, love the positivity. I'm sure we, we, people probably wanted to hear that. Here's something other than, than doom and gloom. So yeah. And, and kind of piggybacking off of what you said, about Josh Green, how long did we just want to see him play? just to see what he had to offer. You know what I mean? And you kind of sunk it up a little bit, but hey, now we know, right? With Jaden Hardy, I just want to know. I'm excited to know. I'm glad. And we're going to find out starting Friday. That's right. So, all right, man. Thanks so much. Everybody have a happy 4th of July. Talk to you soon. You as well. All right. Let's go to David, who's been waiting a while. David, what's up? David, we still got you there. All right. Let's try to request back up. Maybe it's not showing the connection, but that's okay. We'll try again. Um, let's go to Grayson. Hey, Grayson, what's up? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? Dan, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing, you know, I'm okay. I would have rather spent the afternoon playing Mass Effect, but I'm talking to you guys, so that's okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So I have two things. I'll try to keep it quick. Uh, I think we've already hashed this out a little bit, but Mark's uh, Twitter is just kind of really irking me in all the wrong ways. He's the only owner that I really see do this, liking tweets, being in DMs with people that have Jason Kidd mugshots, talking about base year compensation, all that. I just don't like the message I guess it sends about the, the organization. It just doesn't seem as professional to me. Maybe that's just my take on it, but it's just kind of strange and I just do not like it. And then the second thing I have that's kind of more of like an open-ended question. You kind of hinted at it earlier was I think this might be the year where we have to take the medicine, as you like to say, and take out another year on all of our bad contracts. So whether that's Bertans going another year, Powell becoming a free agent and Timmy going another year lower. I think this kind of has to be the Hawks year that they just had mm-hmm. where they made the conference finals and then they took a big step back and realized, okay, we need to reshift. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to do the DeJounte Murray level trade next year. But I think that's the move that we have to make to just kind of clear some of the terrible books that Donnie left us with. And, you know, maybe see if we can compile assets in that way. But um, I have a little bit of gloom. I think Jaden Hardy will have to play unless we get another ball handler just – because right now our only two ball handlers are Luca and Spencer. And what made our team really kind of good last year was having that third ball handler of Spencer coming off the bench and kind of being able to run an effective second unit. And so I don't know. I can't have JaVale McGee start. So I would rather, I guess, have Timmy start, but he looked not great in J-Kid's system. So I just have a lot of concerns with the roster and – um I hope there's another move, but if it happens that it has to wait till next year, I think that's smart. I don't want us to rush into another move like Porzingis, but uh, just kind of overall shitty offseason, I feel like. So far, so far, I just got another text that said, hey, just remember it's July 3rd. And I'm like, I get it. 
I get it. It's just the ones that, you know, somebody, I didn't agree with this take, but I at least like liked it where it's like, if, if the wood move had happened, you know, on draft night, we'd all be more excited. Like there's just elements of this that feel like in a narrative arc that make everything feel a little worse. And that's, I think why to a degree, the, the sort of, why are you so upset lectures that, that I see every now and again, where it's like, well, cause people like live in the moment. Like not everything is this boring, dis like dispassionate look at stuff. And, you know, if right now you feel like the off season sucks, I understand that. And if they make a move that makes you feel better sometime in the next, you know, 72 hours, that's perfectly reasonable too. That's why I got online. I just wanted to talk about it for a bit. I just don't I agree with you that the if the wood trade happened later, we'd feel better because the wood trade still doesn't address the issue that we don't have a bench wing to allow Reggie or sure. rest, which is one of the reasons we lost to the Warriors, is that they were playing forty minutes a game the entire playoffs and they got burnt. Yeah. And what was Josh Green had to try to come or Frankie Smokes had to come in and you know, I like Frankie Smokes potentially as a long-term growth. He's still young, but, I mean, that's a big, big if. And then it also doesn't address any of the issues that we lost with Brunson. So it's just kind of delaying the inevitable math sadness. If you think, <laughs> oh, congratulations, Christian Wood shows up, you know, two weeks later than right. what he did. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I wish Mark would just kind of have some – have less Twitter fingers. He's trying to turn into job of, of an owner right now. Sure. Well, Grayson, thanks for hanging out. Talk yep, soon. Thanks, all right. Have a good fourth. Right. Thanks, man. Yep. I, I don't know what I'm doing tonight. My wife probably knows. I should probably text her. Brent, what's going on? What's up, Kirk? Oh, just, uh, you know, this. What about you? I've got a few things on my mind. The first thing is just to get the Drogic thing out of the way. We either told him we didn't want him, which I can't envision, or... If there is another move coming, like we keep saying, did we ask him to wait and he wasn't willing to wait? Is that what we're looking at? I honestly don't know. I, I, Tyron said something a while ago where it's like, we just don't like he either just, he doesn't want to sign here. We don't want him. And I don't know how to reconcile that with people we all value, like Mark Stein saying for that the Mavericks are interested. It's just, I don't know how to reconcile all that. It, it, things change. I think is probably the easiest answer where it's like, all right, this will work. You know, it's like a kids, you know, pair of friends in their twenties making a pact to get married by 40 if they haven't, you know, found somebody. And then instead they just marry somebody else. It's, I just hate it because it, I think it makes basketball sense in a way that is sort of undervalued. But you know, if you don't agree, I get it because again, he didn't have a great season last year. He is an older guy and I don't think, you know, you could rely on him to be a regular rotation player. I think he would be a guy that you have to treat gingerly, and maybe the Mavericks don't think they can do that. Maybe they think they need to really make a push. You know, Brunson played a ton of games. Dwight Powell played a ton of games. Dorian and and, and Reggie, you know, Reggie missed a lot of time too. Like, if you need more guys that can just finish the season and play a significant chunk of games, maybe they were concerned there. Who knows? Well, when you're – Drogic and Luca making eyes at each other after one of these Slovenian games. Uh, when reporters ask you about the prospect of playing with each other and you talk about, well, I don't want to get fined if I talk about it and you're smiling at each other, you would think that that would mean that all those rumors from people we trust had legs. But yep. that, that leads me to believe that 
at some point in the process, they wanted to wait on that, and he wasn't willing to wait. I think I, I think that's that's likely. And asking your your star player's mentor to wait strikes me as bad business. But what do I know? And, and as far as Cuban goes, he's a very easy punching bag on days like this, where something happens and the fan base is in a state of upheaval. I think we all have to accept it. And I, I don't know if I'm if I'm going to draw your ire by saying this. The guy's probably not going anywhere for a good long while. And for all of his things that frustrate you and a lot of other people, you've got a lot of good things that you've got to take with the bad. And it's that lumping together of the good and the bad that, that I don't think really uh, that cognitive dissonance is really ever going to be assimilated, especially in moments like this, because he's never going to be the guy in the suit, you know, slowly nodding from the owner's suite. He's just never going to be that guy. So you have to accept, accept it and go, well, at least we've got, you know, somebody who's passionate and proactive, even if that causes problems along the way. Well, I mean, my challenge has always been what I want to know over the last 10 years where were the benefits that came with Mark the first 10 years? The, Mark Cuban changed the NBA. There's zero question about that. The NBA that we have, he, he led the way. He brought people in to the organization, changed the face of the organization, et cetera. And then he just never changed anybody ever again until scandals started happening. And so well, that's my challenge is like for, for me – and and maybe he and I will talk about this one day. What are the like? What are the things that he, as the owner, still brings to the table that makes a striking difference in the world of the Steve Bombers, and and, and that sort of thing? Do you know? What, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not Mark's fault, but if you're playing with a, you know, the the Mavericks have the ability in the twenty in the two thousands to outspend anyone, everyone. The Mavericks right. over the history of the luxury tax have actually paid the seventh most luxury tax out of all the NBA teams. It's just they haven't paid any luxury tax in the last 10 years. And it's it's striking because I still want to say that he is very important to what this team does. I'm just I'm kind of of the the opinion of at what point is it what like why no other team talks about their owner like we talk about Mark. That's what I'll say. Well, do you think there's any truth to the theory that winning the championship was so cathartic that maybe even though he obviously still wants to win more, that it wasn't as much of a driving force and his focus got put into other areas. And maybe that's why things like canning Donnie sooner didn't happen. Maybe I, I think that the broken promises of Dwight Howard and relying on some of the things that they were hoping to from, from plan powder started a course of chaos that wasn't, remotely self-correcting until they got Luka Doncic. Uh, Everything from that down, it was just as difficult. And that's the sort of stuff. It's like plant powder is frustrating, yada, yada, yada. But now it's been very challenging because I felt like they didn't learn from, from the mistakes of that era where they started building in 2019 to pair Luka with Giannis Attentacumpo. That was nuts. At the t- I, I, I went back and read some of the stuff that Dalton wrote. And, like, at the time, it was questionable for me because it's like, you have the star. Don't go get the – you have the star. And and granted, some of these things, it's just hindsight. And, and 
you know, I, I, I just question when, it's easy to point fingers in hindsight is, is what I'll say. It's just at the time, I remember being very frustrated by some of the things the Mavericks did. And then it's just as the years progress, the, the path to success becomes harder. I mean, the likelihood of them hitting the Western Conference Finals next year is extremely low and was low before they lost Jalen Brunson. It's just playing basketball is hard. And now, where this stuff gets like additionally painful is like that sort of tears the Band-Aid off and makes it really evident that the Mavericks are likely – like them are, they're not going to be a top-four seed unless Luka is like the MVP. Yeah, God mode Luka. So. Um, so I've got – I've got this theory now about Brunson that helps me understand it better because when you draw a, a line and you put reasons to stay in Dallas and reasons to go to New York, there were debatable reasons that you, if you were making a debate, you could put forth reasons on either side of that ledger. But this whole thing with KD and the listening to the talking heads talk about how KD has a lot less say about where he goes now because there's so much left on that contract. Now, you wouldn't want to be, if you were, like, say, the Raptors, you wouldn't want to trade for him without checking in with KD to make sure he wants to go there. But the general consensus is the Nets are going to do what's best for them. And that got me thinking about the Brunson situation in a different way. Because if you sign with Dallas – because the vibes are immaculate and you just trust that you're going to be part of the future. The minute you sign, let's say it's, I don't know, instead of 27, let's say the Mavericks said we're going to do 525 for 125. You, as soon as they can trade you, whether that, that you become the most tradable, um, noteworthy asset. And so the question really isn't, Dallas or New York. The question is, do you want to control your own destiny? Because if you go to New York and they're telling you, hey, we want you here. You'll be part of things. We're not going to trade you. What do you think is going to happen if you stay in Dallas? The rest of that sentence is, as soon as you sign, the clock is ticking because they will flip you and you won't be in control of your own destiny for the rest of your contract. And Once I started thinking about the JB situation that way, it makes sense because the calculus in his head was not Dallas or New York. It was probably a little bit of Dallas and then who the hell knows where or New York. And he wanted to control his situation. And now what we're left with is a, like Matthew was saying, a dearth of assets to move. You can take this roster. And I think this is what's frustrating all of us. You can take it and slice it down the middle. You've got the parts that we can't live without and the poo poo platter. And part of that is someone like Tim coming off injury. How much trade value is there in someone when you haven't yet shown everybody that you've come back from an injury that's fairly serious? Josh Green underperforming, you know, relative to where he was drafted. Breton's one of the worst contracts in the league, even though when he's on the court he has value. But I was thinking about it. Would you rather have McGee at $6 million or Breton's at $16 million? We just signed a more valuable player based on the contract than Breton's. You know, Frank, as you call him, is replacement level, and we keep hoping that maybe he'll turn into more. Powell is an expiring contract, but if you traded for him, would you really play him or would you just cut him? You've got these pieces that seem like a far stretch from having value, and then you talk about the other side of the ledger. Man, do you, I know we expect Luca to go into God mode, but we're not trading any of those other guys. We're not trading Spencer. We're not trading... Right. 
Dorian. So uh, this other move that we all feel is coming that we that you don't want a draft pick to be a part of. I'm I have rapt attention as to how you can pull something off because what they did with Wood. Granted, most of that was the draft pick, was exactly that. And if they can do that twice in an offseason and we don't see it coming, that will change how most people feel about the offseason. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, that's, I, I still think something is going to be attempted. I, I just don't see, I just don't see how they go into the offseason with, or um, next season with so few ball handlers. So. Do you agree that JB was worried about getting moved off? Absolutely, uh, yes. Uh, like that's that's a it's just for me I I still think you make him guess with the gamble <laughs> like the difference between 22 and 26 is a lot the difference between 25.5 and 28 is less than you know it's like the difference between playing with Dallas and getting shipped off to play with Rick Carlisle is also right, a lot. again right for sure no there there's there's some real truth to that it's just it seems like that from almost like if you were to trace it backwards, almost from the signing of JV's contract, like the fact that they let him have that kind of four-year deal, they made a misstep in every sense of the word where it's, they didn't offer him the extension. They then didn't trade him at the deadline. And I think we will, this is a guess, but I think we will find out in the coming years that Brunson had more or less made up his mind to go to New York before the playoffs started. And then he blew up. Yeah, so. he's playing like a man possessed, wanting to create the best eventuality for himself, and he did. Yeah, he made himself a lot of money, even from the Knicks. So, all right, man, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, buddy. All right, talk soon. All right, uh, a couple more folks, then we'll get out of Dodge. Nick, what's up? You still there, Nick? Or how you doing? What's up, Kirk? Can you hear I me can. this time? Awesome. Well, I'm definitely bummed, um, and I've, I've been kind of in and out in the ro- of the room, so I apologize if I'm repeating stuff. But I've just got to believe that um, we must be in on this Kyrie thing because, to me, it seems like the only two teams who would, would want Kyrie would be the Lakers or us. Uh, I heard there were reports about maybe, I think, the 76ers, but I just don't see how that makes any kind of sense at all. So for me to see Drogic uh, not sign here on such a – like when Luca has made it vocal in an interview like a few days ago that he wants his buddy here, I feel like there must be a little more to this Kyrie thing. I don't know. I, I They're either waiting for something involving the two directly or they're waiting for the fallout of like – because it starts like kind of a cascade right. of things. And so I, I don't see how they can get in on it specifically. What would, I think like Kyrie said he wants to go play in LA eventually. So it's like in my, you know, if I'm playing master GM where feelings don't matter at this point, I take a stab for Kyrie and then you try to get off your bad contracts. It's just the Gobert trade has changed the, the, the geometry that many picks for a guy like, Gobert is going to age like a banana left on the countertop. There's metrics already. Like, he'll be really good for two more years. But at one year, the Wolves are going to be paying uh, 47 and 51 for him and Towns. That's hilarious. I mean, that's a ton of money. And so it, it's just – it's it's really – the Mavericks are, are going to be – 
you know, figuring something out. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. The more I talk about it out loud, I just can't, I can't see them just go, you know, saying, well, we're done. All so right, they see think- next year. They think maybe history repeats itself and KD goes somewhere and we get the, you know, the contract that one of those teams is trying to offload, I guess. Maybe. I mean, the Kyrie thing only happens, I think, if Ma- if the Mavericks can. And the reason I brought up those, the, the Gobert, I just remembered I started meandering, um, is I don't think Dallas, like, the, the Nets would likely want a pick. And I don't think Dallas would be willing to give up any picks for a guy who in all likelihood would be a one-year rental. I mean, he'd probably be a pretty entertaining one-year rental. Like, it'd be phenomenal for me, personally. Like, think about how much we could talk about Kyrie and be really upset at the dumb shit he says while all of a sudden occasionally having, like, 47-point games where he shoots 9 of 11 from 3. Like, that could be fun. But it just it seems unlikely. Yeah. Is it safe to assume that Mark and Nico go and get Luca's advice though on, on decisions like this, because it just, it feels, no, I, I don't think that's safe to say. And that's actually really concerning because when you see that Nikola Vujovic um, had a say in getting Goran to Chicago and like Luca's sitting next to him in Slovenia. And then there's people. And so that, that leads people to draw one of two conclusions, either one, Luca doesn't want him there or two, the Mavericks don't really care what Luca has to say right now. And I, I just strongly think it's – and that's not what I mean. It's just they're not going to him quite yet because he's not – you know, until he flexes that muscle, the Mavericks probably don't want him to. Like, you don't – I kind of think, like, LeBron, for example, should have, like, two more championships if he just didn't try to play GM and let other people do the job. Um, it, it's – it's you know, you, you get away with your superstar not voicing his, his or her, you know, concern in a sports franchise for as long as you can. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I guess the thought process for them is that they want younger guys. They've got Dinwiddie, who they feel good about coming, you know, another year removed from that injury. But I just, I literally do not know who's running the second unit because I don't think it's going to be Frank. And it just feels like they absolutely have to do something. And they have no money. So, I, I mean, I just feel like there has to be a trade coming. For sure. For sure. All right. Man. Well, thanks for uh, joining back in, Nick. Yeah. Talk soon. All right. Thanks. Okay, let's go to Lyndon. What's up, Lyndon? Are you really, really ready for Luca and a fifty percent usage rate? Give Lyndon a second to find the unmute. Hey, folks. Sorry, I'm at the gym. I can't talk anymore. I okay. just have one question. Um, uh, is why is Mark Cuban liking those sweets? I'll leave. I just want to know why he's liking this week. That's all I want to know. He's uh, at his heart. He is one of us uh, and probably can't help himself. And that at one point makes him exceptionally relatable. And at the other point makes you probably want to pull your hair out. (laughs) Good. Have a good workout, Lyndon. Um, All right. Let's go to Cliff. How you doing, Cliff? Hit that unmute one more time for us once you're out of the uh, chat. An outstanding profile photo, Cliff. All right, give Cliff just a second, and then we'll move on to our last speaker. All right, Cliff, try to come back up if you want. Um, let's go to Will. Hey, Will, how you doing? Thanks for waiting. Hey, Kurt. How's it it's going? Good. Man? What's up? Ah, hold on, hold on. Let me open my notes app real quick. I had a few, had a few points. I love it when everybody gets prepared for this. (laughs) 
I always, well, hell, I've only been in one of these, but like, I always think about shit that I want to say in these and then don't end up joining the room at the right time or whatever. It's a good process. I like the notes. Go ahead. Tell me what you got. First thing that I have on here was, this was a fucking gimme. This feels really, this feels like this should have been easy or maybe, maybe it wasn't, but it felt like, come on. Like it was very obvious that Luca wanted, that Luca wanted him to be here. And this, I don't know. To me, maybe I'm wrong here, but to me, it feels like this is like a Cuban's pockets move, and that really pisses me off. Like, if you can't afford, like, if you can't afford to run a team with a supermax player on it, sell the fucking team. Basically, is my thought on that. I I don't want to say anything that'll get me in more trouble. Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. I, I hope that Mark sometime like that Mark has at some point listened to one of these. I just I want it like that would be that would be fucking incredible if I found out that Mark Cuban heard my voice saying that he should sell the fucking team. But um okay, I think you might have been who tweeted think you might have been who tweeted this, but uh it's crazy that I'm saying this, but I think that I like the idea of the possibility of us being the team that Russ gets offloaded on just so that we can clear, like, just so that we can clear our books a little bit. If they would take our, like, you know, if they don't want to attach, like, if we wouldn't have to attach a positive asset, I would honestly kind of love that, even though I'm not really a Russ guy. Um, I would love that just because it, I, it would clear our cap as far as I know. Like that, I don't know a ton about how that shit actually works. So maybe maybe we would still be in cap hell. If we would, then absolutely not. But if that would help us, I think I would like that. It would be terrible for a year, but I think it could help us in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Would be very, would probably be very frustrating, but I don't think that it would be the worst thing ever as long as it did actually clear up our books a little bit. I don't think that there's a chance in hell that we're getting off of Burton's contract no matter what, but I would love to get off of Tim Hardaway. That would be that would be wonderful. Uh, let's I'm interested in I love Timmy. I have a special place in him in my heart for him. So I'd probably be sad, but I do understand why people are kind of done with it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. It's like him carrying us against the Clippers will always have a spot in my heart, but I don't think that he really has much of a place on this team. Maybe he's being forced into a role on this team because we don't have any other option, but I don't think that he really has a place, if that makes sense. I don't think that he. I, I don't think that he's a great fit because I mean, we all saw la- We all saw last year. Bro is a chucker that is a bot- that is probably a bottom ten defender in the entire league. That doesn't fit. Like that doesn't really mesh very well with what with what we're hopefully trying to do. Right. Um, another just quick little note. I'm sure we've all had this thought before, but just the fact that Davis Bertans is getting paid as much as he is is fucking nuts. What was Washington thinking? Like, that's just so crazy. I mean, like, I understand shot, why we had to trade. He too. shot, like, 43% from three for two years. He was bananas. I st- But that, I agree. Yeah. Like, like it's it nuts. Even, like, I remember thinking at the time, like, damn, this guy's nice, but I feel like he's about 10 mil a year nice, not 17. 
Um, one, uh, one more thing. Uh, why Javel? I just don't get. I don't get it, and I feel like I'm gonna be yelling at my TV a lot if we have to watch him start next to Christian Wood. Yep. We're I, gonna see though, because I mean, I think oh the real God. deal is that they view they view Wood as kind of a tall wing, not as much of like a center or a forward yeah. because of what he can do. And and I, I the the theory there has to be you have Wood on the outside playing more, you know, a more dynamic role than some of the other players that they had in the yeah. five out spot. That that's just got to be it. Yeah. And what well, I feel like offensively it might be a little it might be a little clunky, but I feel like I kind of actually like the idea of them together on defense because like Christian Wood's only real strength on defense is moving his feet. He's not a shot blocker. So defensively, I think it could be. I think it could be okay. I mean, he's not like switchy, switchy, but he can, you know. So right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. God. Hey, we're losing you, Will. I feel like it's gonna cause a lot of yelling at the TV. And uh, maybe Josh Green. Yeah, that's not any different oh. for me. I, I'm dry, I'm probably driving into probably driving into a yeah um shit what was I was one more one more thing I wanted to uh, one more thing I wanted to say I forgot what the hell it was oh yeah you have got me on the uh, why the fuck is Josh Green not playing summer league trying yeah. I just hope to God that it's because I just hope to God that it's because we're shipping him out because if he doesn't get traded and doesn't well maybe they're trying not to tank his value also because like he sucks yes. But I, there's still a small part of me that is holding out hope because it's like the potential's there, but the guy just can't play basketball. I think like he'll figure it out. It's just he's not going to figure it out on the Maverick timeline. I don't think so either. It's like if we want to wait for if we want to wait for two more years, then I think Josh Green's. I think he's going to be fine eventually. I think he's. It's yep. just again just so frustrating looking back at it. Like, why did we take a project? That why did we take a project wing? And he could fulfill some team needs in a couple of years, but like we're just not in the place where we can wait for that. God, just so many frustrating, idiotic ass decisions from the former front office that we just can't do anything but shake our damn heads at, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Thanks for joining. Yep. We'll talk soon. Okay. Absolutely, Drive safe. man. Have a good. Have a good one. Happy Fourth. Thank you. We've had some more people request to join in the meantime, uh, so we'll go with it again. Cliff, let's try you uh, try again, see if we can get the audio worked out. You got me this time? There we go. Is that a sprinkler I hear in the background? Uh, it's the I have the cicadas. Oh, you have the cicada like problem did, so. too. Yes, it's it is wild. My God, there's so many of them. Yeah, so uh, I guess I wanted to ask. I'll start off pessimistic here. This is the worst off season since I don't know. Power ranking off seasons puts me in a dark spot, but this one doesn't feel <laughs> like this one is on like it. 2019 was the one that really made me upset because they had set yeah. themselves up to do a lot. This off season, some a lot of stuff is out of their control. So I would probably put it more in the kind of like. 2016 range where I was really upset about things, but in hindsight, I didn't understand that the Mavs just weren't in a position to do much. Yeah, no, it's uh, understandable. No, hopefully, um, 
they have a history of kind of uh, <laughs> fumble farting around into like something semi decent after crap hits the fan, and so hopefully we can do that one more time. Uh, but um, I guess I wanted to point out. Uh, I wanted to be a little bit optimistic here. I don't think that, so like we're kind of crapping on the front office and I think it's deserved. Let, let me first say that. But at the same time, it's kind of just like the culmination of a lot of small details that have been messed up and they're just kind of piling up. It's not like they made any one huge mistake other than maybe if you want to argue for trading for Kristaps Porzingis, but, but really we're kind of looking at like extra years on, on some contracts like Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, now JaVale McGee, probably uh, no protections on KP's contract. Um, not getting a pick for Rick Carlisle when he was like the most coveted he- head coach of the off season. Um, just, this stuff kind of adds up and then, and then looking forward, they've done it again with this JaVale thing. Just if, if they end up, if it comes out that they use the full mid-level taxpayer mid-level on JaVale and they cost themselves a year of control on Hardy, who's 19 years old, like if we're just looking at more of it, it's not like they've done any one thing that's, that's a huge mistake, but these things just kind of add up and, and they added up with Brunson and uh, kind of led to him walk like this. It's kind of what happened here, uh, but it, it just kind of looks like we're doing same stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, I understand. <laughs> so hopefully, um, hopefully Hardy flashes uh, pretty quick because they've got uh, two years to figure out if he's worth keeping around That's right. or not. That's right. <laughs> Um, All right, Cliff. Well, thank you for joining. All right. No, no. no, Do you have something else? Go ahead. My wife just yelled at me, so I I got one more. I got one more. One more question for you. Please go. Yeah. Um, Do you think? And and a couple of other uh, speakers have have mentioned at this, but do you think they need to take like a slight step back this year? I mean, obviously, they're not going to openly tank with with Luca on the roster, but like. Like to me, like I don't see a reason why like Maxi Cleaver should be on this team. Like, why wouldn't you cash in, uh, get an asset from Maxi if it, that's assuming he can get something? You got to think about Reggie, right? If it, if the right deal comes up, like that's just kind of the boat we've been put in with Jalen walking for for nothing. Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely understand. Oh man. All right, Cliff. Thanks for joining. We'll talk soon. All right. Appreciate it, brother. All right. And my wife just got home, so I'm probably gonna have to go soon. Pete, what's happening? Incredible profile photo, Pete. See if you can find the unmute button, and then we will uh, we'll give it a second. Um, and then I may head out for the day. Um, all right, guys. I think this has been fun. Um, uh, what uh, fun insofar as it can be. I just got a text from friend of the show, Tim Cato, that he would like to, to join and hang out for a second. So um, let's see what he says uh, and, and see if he'll, he'll be willing to come up here on stage and, and talk with us for a minute. Um, 
I think he he just discovered that uh, Mark is uh, liking tweets. So maybe we'll see if he joins. Um, Jacob says Tim should announce KD to Dallas. So, yeah, guys, I I, I am unclear. Uh, unclear what's happening. Uh, this is great audio because now I've just kind of ran out of stuff to talk about. There's Tim. How you doing, Timmy? What's happening? What's up, Kirk? Um, no. So I have some breaking news. Uh, the Mavericks just traded for Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> the chat actually said that before you got here. I know. I know. I saw that. Sorry. I'm kidding, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, this is not a team that has uh, – It's this is not a team that has uh, the assets to build Do you want to know what might have been? Do you want to know what might have been an asset to get KD what? to Dallas? A extended Jalen Brunson along with Dorian Finney-Smith and all of their first-round picks. Oh, boy. Um, but, I mean, that never could have happened, right? I, I, I'm yeah. just, hey, probably not. But <laughs> I mean, I have said this. This is not this is not a new thing I'm saying. But I, but I have said that I do not believe the extension was realistically yeah. on the table. Right. Uh, mid-season. Mid-season. I think it's possible. Uh, and this is... I guess a little bit of, of informed speculation um, that the Mavericks, so the Mavericks didn't offer, offer the extension. I don't believe Jalen would have taken it, but by not offering it, they did indicate, yes, we want to, we, we are viewing you as uh, a tradable player. Uh, if it came to that, right. That is, that yeah. is why they did not offer in the same went for Dorian. They, maintain the flexibility of being able to trade him mid mid season. And I'm not even, so I'm not saying with certainty that uh, Brunson was mad at that, but I think it's not unreasonable to speculate that a player uh, might see that and, and be upset by that. Right. Yeah. Uh, And again, you know, like this is, this is kind of how athletes think it's, you know, every time we, you know, a lot of like we talk about analytics and it's like, OK, well, a player, you know, realistically isn't going to overperform their three point shooting, stuff like that. Um, players want to make every shot, you know, like the player mindset is is fundamentally different than the way we analyze them, because, you know, you, you should want to make every shot. You should want to win every game, um, even as obviously analysts, we know that isn't realistic. Um, and so I could see that being a fa- I don't think it was the main factor uh, by any means. I, right. I, think, I think it's I think it's down the list. Um, you know, we we know all the main factors, um, or or we we know what the main factors would be, whether it actually was money or not, or you know, certainly we know that the just the New York influence, the family ties, uh, the, the the CAA ties. Um, you know, we know about all that. Um, but I could see Jalen being in a position due to that extension not being offered midseason, where he didn't feel appreciated in the right ways by the team. Um, and I'd be, I'd be interested. I, I have been asking, you know, we're still very fresh. Um, you know, hopefully over time people will start uh, being a little more honest and uh, forthcoming about uh, what actually went down and what the reasoning were. But um, if, if you're thinking about, you know, that's, that to me is what's interesting about the midseason extension and the lack of the offer there. Um, because I think it's very clear at that point that he had outplayed uh, the, the, the four for 55. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> what else do you want to know? I, I, I'd be, ha- I'm bored. Uh, I'm, I'm putting off a, a couple, uh, 
chores I need to be where, doing right where do now. They, so do, if you uh, want to bring some people up so, who have questions for me, I'd be happy to do that for five, 10 minutes here. Well, my, my question, my question is for, for you is like, are they, are, as far as you understand it, are they waiting for the fallout from a KD Kyrie trade or are they waiting or are they attempting to get involved in, in that deal to be like a facilitator type team? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know that, uh, you know, this has been reported by other Stein, Stein reported this, but I, I have also, I, I heard what Stein reported was that they were okay with their roster in the sense that, you know, they were going to see what they could do with that final roster spot. I think you pointed this Hold out. On. It, it, I, they don't have to you. bring back. What's up? They have two roster spots if they cut right. Frank. Right. That, that, this is some team put but, out propaganda. We only have one if, roster if the spot. Is you have Frank or Goran Dragic, which one's going to be more useful next season? It's hard Goran for me Dragic. to not think it's Goran Dragic, right? It's Goran Dragic. There's, this is right. a non – like anybody that says otherwise is hopeful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so – I, I've also, I also heard what, what Stein said, um, or Stein reported that they were content. I, I don't think from a logical standpoint, you can look at the roster and think that it, it makes much sense unless they make a trade. And so that's, you know, I tweeted something to that effect, I think Friday night that I, or maybe Thursday night, I don't know, it all blows together that I would, I would be surprised or I, I, I anticipate or I was, I was anticipating that the Mavericks were probably shopping around. You know that that trio of of players of, of Hardaway, Powell, and Bertans, and you know those those are the three that they're starting with. Uh, so but I would imagine they're talking to other teams about something to do with that too. Because again, like like we said, logically the roster doesn't make sense without but it has to be like, without a wing. Something like that has to be a salary dump because we just saw Rudy Gobert go for five first round picks, the equivalent. You. You're offloading those players for picks, and the Mavericks are, are startlingly starting to look like late stage Cleveland, where they have to remove. And, and I'm talking about during LeBron's first run, where they have to move things, like they have to give up future assets to get out of, from under bad contracts. And right. we've been talking in here for about 90 minutes, where the the I sort of think that this has quickly evolved into the Mavericks doing a, a sort of you know take your medicine year, where. You know, the West has gotten significantly better. If Kevin Durant moves to Phoenix, which seems to be a, a, I don't want to say likelihood, but the, the, it's, it seems like it's progressing towards him, you know, playing a Western Conference team. If Kyrie ends up on the Lakers for Russ for two first round picks or whatever, as the Lakers decide to give up, like the Western Conference is hard and the Mavericks yeah. have, have taken everybody, you know, it's weird. Like, Skin's producer, Kayfon tweets, whatever. I, I can't, Kevin is his name. He's yeah, like, I just Jordan. don't get that upset about Brunson and Goran. It's like, but what we're, and other people in the mass media that are basically like, I just, I'm not getting all bothered by this. Like, the Mavericks are taking a step back by default. And there's an argument to be made that even if they had Brunson on the team, they might take a step back just because the West has improved so much. So it's, it's like, this just is just starting to feel like sort of a, at least on paper, a really challenging year for Dallas. When when it looked when all signs were pointing to Brunson coming back to the team, I uh, I felt a sense of optimist as an analyst about what they could do with a contract, you know, with a player like Brunson, a, a, you know, to use the financial terms, an asset like Brunson. Yep. Um, you know, I, I hate using those terms. He's a 
person. But, you know, in, in that sense, like they, they did have um, salaries that were uh, like in the right range of money to pair with a legitimate player that other teams would be interested in if they had hypothetically re-signed Brunson. Uh, and, you know, like like you said, in, in some filler around the edges, um, you know, whether it's Dorian, who I know they, you know, he's as as close to being untradeable as anyone is a, that isn't Luca. But, but you know, if, if, yeah, I mean, if we're talking Kevin Durant, again, that's not, wouldn't have been super realistic. But, you know, it's at least, um, yeah, you at least have that conversation. And, and you know, whether it's Josh Green, whether it's future first round picks, uh, Brunson and salary is is a workable trade package for this team, right? Or would have been uh, in a hypothetical scenario where they brought him back. Certainly if they brought him back, they, you know, they gave him the extension before the season, uh, even more so. But, you know, it, it was looking like they had a path to a bunch of sa- a bunch of salary, a bunch of players with the right types um, of contracts that they could be trade players. Um, but it, it's, it's harder to see that. For, for all the reasons that, that we've said, you know, they, they don't have that much to trade without having a fairly young, interesting point guard, uh, you know, who was kind of like that B tier, uh, you know, trade chip that they could, they could shop around. And so, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's a lot more difficult to, to see how this team, you know, for a while I thought they were setting up purely to work through free agency. Um, but then they go give a contract to JaVel McKee that has a player option in, in the third year. Um, yeah. So it, it does it does seem like they've they've quickly reverted back to the idea that their future team improvement will be trades. That's the only avenue they realistically have available. Uh, they don't have draft capital and they, they don't have uh, the opportunity to get cap space before, I think, 2024. Um, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and, yeah. But, but, but to work... But to, to be a front office that is is working to team build through trades, you have to have things to trade. As you know, I'm saying obvious stuff right here. And without Brunson, I, I just I think the outlook of, of what they have available to them is is a lot worse. And and so yes, they're probably waiting to see if they can swing in as a third team for one of these, you know, one of these two massive deals that we rightly anticipate is is coming from Brooklyn. I I would imagine probably where they're at right now. Um, but it, so, it's, it's trickier. Yeah. So I've, I've two sort of related questions. The first question is, are they actually married to Frank Milikina? Because I think like him being the roster spot thing like that, that's going to drive me crazy because Frank is fine. Frank is replacement level. Then the second question from Jose in the chat was why is green sitting out of summer league? Um, I'll go sec- second question first. I have no clue that, that's a little, they've always been very um, uh, coy. That's not the right word. They've, they've been hesitant to get their, you know, like Josh Green didn't play last year. And yeah, which was embarrassing. I don't know why, I don't know why he didn't play last year. And I don't quite understand why he's not playing this year. It, it seems, it would seem to make sense to me for him to be playing. So yeah, um, I, I, somebody I made asked, the, the I haven't point. asked around. Someone made the point earlier of like they're concerned about him continuing to drive his value down, and I think there's something to that. Is that like yeah. a third-year player that struggles in summer league is essentially on his way out? Like Tim and I have seen some brutal summer leagues. Uh, the Ricky Lito experience is probably one of my favorites, where it's just like that guy in his second, third year, he just couldn't do anything. He wasn't a good basketball player at the NBA level. So 
I think I think that's fair. Um, I think that could be the reason. Uh, it is something I'll uh, you know make it a mental note right now. I'll I'll ask about that um, and, and see if there is a a clear reason or or not. Um, I, I would agree that I am fairly pessimistic about Josh Green as a as a viable rotation player in the coming years. Um, but even even from an optimist standpoint, uh, summer league is not a good. Uh, you know his his skill set doesn't fit perfectly with what summer league basketball is, right? Sure. Very at this point, he's what he does well is very very complimentary and feeding off other players. Um, yep. So it could be that. Uh, the other question was Nilakina. I mean, I think yeah. they should keep Nilakina. I think he's 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 young. He's 24, right? Like he's younger than Brunson. Um, I think that's a good player, a good type of player, a good archetype of player to have on your roster. I think I think it's worth keeping players like that around. I I don't know if I agree with the with the decision that it should come at the expense of expense of Drogic. Drogic. Yeah. yeah. Um, which again, if if we're thinking logically here, it, it does really seem like it sets up for a trade. Like they they have to have something in mind. Um, I I I'm with you guys. I'm with you know I've 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 seen that I've seen Matt's, I've been reading Matt's Twitter. Obviously I'm online. I've been tweeting in a couple of days, but I agree that if this is it. If if all they get is a is a bargain bin wing, um, you know, as as extra depth or a bargain bin uh, point guard, if, if that's the conclusion of their summer, I it's fat. It, I don't think that's a. This was not a ineffective or productive uh, free agency. So I'm still logically thinking, holding you know, holding on to the idea that they probably have more coming. Um, so my next and, and understanding I'm thinking about these questions with of things I don't want to you please just tell me if you don't want to answer this. <clears throat> yeah. One of the narratives that I have been like that has actually been driving me insane <clears throat> is that Nico Harrison came in to run the Mavericks and I have been fan of this team for far too long to think that Mark Cuban cedes any control. As far as you understand it is it still a very much a like group decision-making thing between head coach, GM, and owner? Or is Nico Harrison the kind of slight, like the captain of the ship with Michael Fenley as his first mate? Yeah, I mean, I think, I believe that Nico's uh, main strengths, the, the what he brings most to the Mavericks, is a level of professional organization that they have never had. Um, like actual job responsibilities and people right. do, like you have a cat, like you have an office manager and like, not to be, I'm just being facetious here, but it's like, it really sounded like Donnie Nelson's front office was the wild west of insanity where people didn't know who to call to make trade discussions. Right, right, right. And I, I think he has completely reworked um, how the team operates. Um, I, I don't know to the extent that, and, and honestly, that's totally fine. They needed yep. that. They, they needed organization. Uh, they needed top-down organization and professionalism. And it is good that they got Nico Harrison to provide that. And understanding that Nico, you know, did not come from front offices, has, has, a, has a different, uh, you know, career trajectory. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think you need to bring in a person like that and then say – this is going to be the person who makes, who provides basketball ideas to be executed as much as being the top down orchestrator and someone who collects all the information that is provided to him by others 
and then makes what the logical decision is based off that info. I, I think that is a perfectly valid way um, for Nico's role to operate. Um, I, I get the sense to some degree it is like that. I, I don't know to what extent. Um, like, obviously, we all saw the video that Mark tweeted. You know, he's always in the room. So, you know, I, I think it would be silly to think that, you know, he doesn't have uh, as, you know, the, the same amount of influence he's always had um, as is his right and as has been his, um, you know, his his MO yep. over over mm. the years. Um, yep. Okay. But but yeah, uh, who is who is most driving where the discussions go? Uh, I think is a very good question that um, I don't have a. I mean, I think it, it probably has certainly to not be. on a Spotify Live. Yeah. Yeah. It like like if I'm just. I, yeah, yeah. I, I that that answers my question, and and basically, and and as a fan, I will say I am okay with that because right. You know, I I will I will draw back to Cuban always like saying to me. You know, wouldn't you do this if you own the team? And the answer is like, yeah, okay. Like, I get it. Like, I, you know, maybe one day if we find something different, you know, it's a different story. Um, all right, I want to say, I, oh, I saw a really good question in here. Do the Mavericks extend um, our guy Maxi Kleber? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I don't have a sense of that yet. Uh, in a that I could say with reported intel, uh, whether they do or not. Um, there's no rush to do it, right? Um, right. I feel like the whole year, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it feels like every free agency, I. I, And you can't trade him if you extend him. Right. Um, I could envision speculating here that they do the same thing that they did with Dorian and and Jalen, and and they wait until after the deadline to uh, offer him something. Uh, Because I also think you need to see how he looks in the regular season, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, there are times was, where he looks like a car on his last legs. And then there are right. times where he looks incredible. Like his lower body health is, is, you know, very interesting. That's a, that's a right. good one. Um, yeah. This is another good question from Corey in the chat. Penson over Drogic. Is there a real argument that Penson helps this team more not being sarcastic? I mean, my kind of piggyback off that is how do you sign Penson right now? How is that a thing? Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're wrong to think, you know, like the the Mavericks have been saying they view him with some development potential. I remember even on his very first ten day that I thought he brought a a you know a spark of, of fresh air and, and you know like just a little bit of ball movement. Uh, I remember way back then, you know, there was, it was the COVID ravaged times um, that I was like, huh, that's that's interesting. And, and the Mavericks had been down so tremendously bad. Uh, at the time, all those COVID outbreaks happened. Right. We all we all remember how uh, how uh, you know watching those games felt like suffering. You know, like you were just uh, being uh, mako uh, masochistic. Masochistic. Um, yes, very painful. Masochistic. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm a. I'm I a can writer. write now. I'm sorry, so. I can't say any word right. Are you kidding me? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, what are words anyway? I, I I don't think they're wrong to believe there's some development potential. I I, I do. Know. I think I think that I think that he could become a useful end of bench emergency. So I, I don't know if he's a rotation player. No, I, he's I don't never going to be a rotation. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't I think his ceiling is probably somewhere below rotation player. 
But the idea that he could be useful when there's injuries, useful, uh, you know, as a as a you know a sometimes you go to him guy, you need something a little bit different. I don't think that's crazy. Um, and, and I do genuinely believe that if if the team, you know, if the, if the coaching staff, if Jason Kidd and uh, his assistants are building a culture and they have someone who reflects it and the manner the manner that Theo Pinson does. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think there's value in that. I, I don't I don't look at signing Pinson as a Goran Dragic either or. Um, I, I think it's much much smarter to look at uh, emphasizing McGee, um, right? You know, as as the MLE guy, um, as well, a decision to uh, you know not sign Dragic. You know, I well think that McGee so, signing so. is much more uh, impactful on that and the you know, keeping Frank Nilakina as much. And again, I don't disagree with Frank Nilakina either. Uh, it's the JaVale McGee one that I am curious about. And if they don't make a trade, they have too many centers. And that's where, that's why they would, they would be down a roster spot that otherwise could have gone to uh, a ball handler. I think most of us thought would be a good fit here. So. so I don't understand the McGee move. They played McGee off the floor. McGee is 34 years old. He is an asthmatic, which is why he doesn't play. Is like He's rarely played above 20 minutes a game. He's highly productive, but he's also a bit of a stat patter. So what gives? What is this deal? Because I'm, I'm you know, Callie Kaplan wrote a story where it's like, oh, this is a new Lob City, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> so explain that one to me. Right. Um. I mean, it does. It does seem likely that they're going to try doing two bigs next season, right? Um, I can't believe the that's way, the answer. I, I, I mean, certainly with the way the roster is set up tall. right now, right? Yeah, Wood is more of a wing that's tall, if we're honest. Right. So it's like he he does he brings like to use football terminology, like Wood in in theory is a player who can he's he's more multiple. Like Wood can put the ball on the floor, shoot, pass. He can do a little everything. It's just he's never done in the productive situation. So it's like, I right. guess I get it. I'm still just, like, wigging out because, again, it's JaVale McGee. Right. I. It's very easy to project what Christian Wood would be on the Mavericks if he was their starting five. It's not crazy to think that he could be successful at the four, but it's much less of a guarantee. I guess that's the way I would view it, right? Yeah. Like, you are putting a lot of faith into a player – to be if if he's if you're going to play you know uh, twin towers on the, at almost all times, uh, you're putting a lot of faith into a player who has not fully earned that faith, and they might be right, um, but they might not be. And you know him as a five, I felt very confident that that was going to be successful. That, that that we knew where the drawbacks could be, and they could outweigh the pros. But I thought the pros of Christian Wood as a small ball five. Um, or not, not even a small ball five. He's a great rebounder as a as a stretch five. Uh, mm. I thought the pros and the ways that would work uh, they seemed very clear to me. I, I'm just much less clear if if that's not the plan, uh, whether it's going to be successful. I think it could be, um, but I think it's a gamble, and I don't know why a team that just went to the conference finals would feel the need to make big swings and gambles in that way. Um, again, this could all be clarified if they make a trade and then. All of a sudden, if your if your big rotation uh, doesn't have Dwight Powell in it, then that's probably a pretty workable big man rotation. But as of right now, if if they're if they truly are content, uh, if a trade doesn't materialize with taking this roster into 
the regular season, presumably filling the last con- contract with yeah. what seems, to, seems like they're thinking more wing than guard. Um, that's I, I don't know. I, I don't feel – if that's what they do, I don't feel they learned the right lessons from the nope. – from the Boston Warriors. Because Luke is going to have like a forty-four yeah. percent usage rate. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like. 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 The whole. The, you know. This whole thing has been like, oh, look. Wait till Luca gets in shape. It's like they they keep asking him to. You know. They 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 need him to be in a level of shape that. You know. For for the what they're going to ask of him if this is the roster that. Uh, I don't know if anybody can can reach. Like. Yeah. You know, you want him to start running marathons on the side, you know, like actually, no, no national team for you. You're going to become a distance runner because uh, we're going we're gonna to ask you to run that much on. I don't know, man. Um, again, logically, it still feels like a trade is what would make this make more sense. Um, yep. But I, I, I do sort of believe that they might just take this roster into this into the into the regular season. I, I don't again, I don't think that they I don't think that's the best what they view as the best case scenario. But when you're trying to build through trades, it is dependent on everybody else. And they do not yeah. have the right set of players to uh you know be an obvious player in, in trades, even though they certainly could still be right. successful and pull off something that does make this roster make more sense. Well, Tim, thank you for your time. My wife is telling me I have to go. So everyone, um, have a nice Sunday and enjoy your 4th of July and be safe. Make sure that you have all 10 fingers tomorrow and on uh, Tuesday and we'll reconvene at some point. Tim and I will probably see each other at summer league and maybe we'll do something there. Who knows? Oh, Everybody wait, you're going to summer league? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. You're out. Well, now that I know that you're going to be there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we did that cool live show us. last time, and and all. Uh, do you remember that? Like the, the I one do, that was yeah. Videotaped? It was a good was setup. Cool. It was a good setup. I'll see. I'll see if we have something like that, and I'll bring. I'll bring you on the pod again. We'll make it a right, summer league transition. All right, see you, dude. That's right. Bye.